All right, hello everyone and welcome back to Unguided. I know it's been a while since we put out a podcast episode. We are really sorry about that. We've been figuring our lives out as young adults on the streets of Accra. And we're even late, we were even late to record this session because there was so much traffic on the road, but now we are here. And so without wasting much time, we just go right, right, right into it. But before I talk about what we are going to be discussing in today's episode, let me just give a great, great shout out to all of you who have listened to the two episodes we've put out the listenership has been great we've also been loving all the feedback we've been getting from you and we are hoping to sustain the community that we are building i think it's been so so lovely uh your messages have been very encouraging and your feedback as well you know both positive and negative we are taking all the criticism and we are using it to improve the quality of what we are putting out there so thank you very much for that and we hope you keep it coming i think we've already introduced ourselves so there's no need to introduce ourselves again but um Let's just go right into the episode, you know. So let me just give a brief teaser now. So today we are going to be talking about friendships. And this, when we were thinking about, when we were brainstorming ideas for what this episode could be called, uh, we thought of calling it, This Friendship Has Sailed, which is uh, a play on words and doesn't really make sense. But hopefully we try to dissect it and just put all our feelings out there and talk about it as much as we can. And so I am Kojo. Or Papa. I think I introduced myself as Papa, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. So, Papa and Auntie, tell us your name. Auntie Adwa Dubia. Okay. And this is Unguided. we are a generation of paradoxes right we are more connected than any generation that came before us but we feel more disconnected than ever and i think i speak for many of us when i say that there are all those times when we are hanging out with friends at a really cool place with a really great vibe but in that moment we feel lost like we feel out of place like there's something we are supposed to be feeling there and then but we aren't and so there's so much going on around us but we are blocked out from it all and it is the crappiest feeling i remember listening to a ted talk i think i included the link in the show notes uh there was a ted talk where the speaker described this feeling as modern day loneliness and um it's described as that feeling of isolation from the current environment in which you find yourself, you know, especially among people you are intimate with or people you know, right? And here's what's even weirder. It exists in a lot of relationships and friendships for that matter today. I, for one, have had my fair share of modern day loneliness. I think it's something I still feel from time to time. But, auntie, do I call you auntie or I call you Ajua or I call you auntie Ajua? All is fine. Eh, eh. So, no, eh, eh. no, no, no. All right, so auntie, right? Uh-huh. So auntie has also had her fair share. So let's just get into your story first. I have been in situations where I'd be with my friends mm-hmm. and it felt like I was by myself. Okay. Or like I was sitting with some random strangers at a party. And like, who are these people? Why aren't I participating? Do they even notice I am not there with them? Mm-hmm. Then that's comes down to the quality of the relationship, which may have been because of how pa- far apart we have grown. Or maybe it was just me. It wasn't serving me. Growing up, I was a very quiet child. I used to keep to myself a lot. People who meet me for the first time would mistake me for a mute. Oh. It was okay. it was serious. I greatly believe my natural quiet self and shy self affected how I related to other kids. I didn't really have a lot of friends, but then I love to have friends. Mm. Yeah. And as a kid, for me, friends were those who'd come up to me and play with me and watch TV and do naughty things. 
I liked that. I liked it because it helped me like drown the constant complaints about how quiet I was, which was at times an embarrassment for some of my family members. I can remember on two occasions, <laughs> my aunt, she was so mad and embarrassed about how and why I was quiet. Once there was a party and her friend asked me to dance. Hey, I was like, oh, auntie, I'm shy. Hey, come and see. My auntie got so mad. Oh she threatened me not to take to take me to not take me anywhere because she couldn't take the embarrassment. And then another time at a different party, she received a complaint that I wasn't mingling and playing with the other kids. And I remember sitting in the car and I just watched her go off. It was very heartbreaking because it's not that I didn't want to play or mingle with the kids. I I just didn't know how to. I mean, sorry, not to even cut you, but what in the institution name was that? Who went to report you to your auntie that you were mingling at the like, party? Sometimes it's weird because some people like quiet children and it's like, me, my family, yeah. every, boy, every boy, every child must be happy. We are, we are feeding you, we are oh, okay. happy. So you have no reason to be quiet. Like, hey. So I really love the hyper kids and my friends were my playmates mm-hmm. so that I'll not be the embarrassing child. Duba. Mm-hmm. But there were some children who would want to play in, in initially then later they wanted to do something else like talking in because deeper children and that would not be okay with me and when you say deeper children you mean children who were like uh more mature for their age mm. oh i see yeah more mature in a quiet wise way uh-huh. mm-hmm. mm, okay yeah. and that was not uh, one time I fought with this girl. I told her I hated her. Ha! So, you know, some kids are, they were from a, a very young age, they were aware of some of the dynamics of friendship and how they could rely on it to like get through some things. Because not all of them were from happy places. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't know that. To me, being quiet was or being with a quiet person was like having to deal with two versions of myself and I just wasn't ready for that but getting to different stages in my life opened me up to the fact that it's not all about playing and being hyper that's not what really makes a friend I have become more conscious of who I am what I am becoming and what I stand for and I'm not the only one and with that consciousness, I have become more intentional with myself. This is when, like at this stage, is when I make lifelong choices. I have some defining stages. I have developed new interests. And basically, I have become aware of certain parts of myself which need to be nourished and groomed. And it's not all about playing and being hyper all the time. I have changed and so have my friendships. My expectations from friendships have been redefined and I find myself tapping into the dynamics of friendships for survival. Surprisingly, now I want all the quietness. The, what do you mean by the quietness? Like, now I don't care whether you... I don't think... Did you know when they used to say it's embarrassing to be quiet? Like, I actually believed it. Okay. But now, I don't know. I, I just want to, I just like my quiet self. I'm quiet, Abby. Oh, n- no, you aren't. <laughs> no, but like, naturally. Stop lying. No, like, when I'm sitting quiet, like, if you're not coming, calm, you're not calm. Oh, that is what you mean. Uh-huh. Oh, so like, you are selectively extroverted. <laughs> Right? Like, it depends, you know, on who you give your energy to. And, and I'm not good at initiating, so... Oh, okay, I see, I see. To me, I'll be there. But even to go back to a point you raised earlier, yeah, it's true, I think we all want friends, right? We all... I mean, there are very few things that are better than friends, actually. We all want the never-ending conversations, we want to laugh, there we want the great times. There are few things that are better than friends. What? Did you say there are few things that yeah, are better? Yeah, there are very few things. 
was ice cream and fries. Out planting. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, sorry for digressing. We do that a lot, actually. So yeah, we all want the laughs and the great times and, you know, that sense of belonging to a particular community. We all want the shoulder to cry on, the person to tag in all our photos on Instagram. <laughs> you know, the whole shebang, you know. But the truth is we need these things because they are critical to our happiness. Social sciences tells us that loneliness is equally as damaging as smoking not just one, but two or three cigars daily, mm-hmm. right? And now that we are so grappling with a pandemic that has prevented us from hanging out and doing all the things that we would normally do with our friends, Corona. these feelings of loneliness are super, super heightened. Mm-hmm. I won't even lie. I have been sleeping earlier than 11 p.m. on Friday nights, and this is something I didn't think I was capable of, but I, I mean, here I am. Though I think Vampire. I have actually been sleeping before 11 for the longest time, maybe even before Corona. But, you know, I mean, let's not even get into the details of that. And, you know, so I I really feel you when you said that the dynamics of our friendships change as we age. It is very true. Mm -hmm. Because I think as we grow older and as we lean more and more into ourselves, and that's beyond who we are and goes to who we are meant to be, our relationships, everything, everything about us changes, right? Mm -hmm. And we expect different things or at least we expect the same things but in different ways from our friendships. And let me, let me go into this story. So I had a childhood friend with whom I was very, very close, you know, and that was not just because his mother and mine were besties or that we attended kindergarten together because at the time I didn't know what it meant to have a connection, but I know for a fact that we did have a real connection and we used to hang out after church in the back of my dad's car playing games. We used to talk about all our favorite action figures and we were just being children all the time. We were inseparable, obviously, you know, but as we grew older throughout primary school, GHS and even into SHS, we just changed. Like we were studying different things. We were meeting new people. We were learning all that there was to learn about our individual selves. We were getting new responsibilities. So there were things that I was totally comfortable with him doing when we were six that I really disliked at 14. And there were times when we would meet at church and speak for less than 30 seconds because I had to rush to attend a meeting or had to go do something with his, or he had to go do something with his parents, right? So we went from talking practically every day to talking twice a week. And in the beginning, I felt really guilty about it. I felt that there was something wrong, right? I felt that I was losing him to something. And what made it cut even deeper was that I knew we were both really trying as hard as we could to make time for each other, but it just wasn't working out. And then I realized something. Why was I struggling so much when I was presently at a different point in my life it's not like it's tradition that i have to follow or something because instead of fighting so much to hold on to the past and losing that battle repeatedly why didn't we redefine the terms of our relationship based on where we were in our lives so what if we couldn't talk every day so what if we hardly saw each other or no longer spent so much time you know uh, exploring our, in, our interests, our shared interests. We both still clearly valued our friendship and we wanted it to succeed. So why didn't we capitalize on the one time we could both manage and make the most out of it? So we had the conversation and we are still the best of friends, actually. I, our dynamic has changed, sorry. Our dynamic has changed, but our personalities have also changed, true. We are still on our own individual journeys to becoming, as you mentioned. But we know that we want to be together and we are focusing on that as we move forward. You know, there are, however, some amazing people who are able to do it all imperfectly. I mean, hats off to you guys. You are doing the most. But as for me, I cannot. I think so many friendships are dying out because people are just not willing to have mature and scary conversations about what their friendships mean to them and where they are in their lives. I know, I am still scared to do it sometimes too. You know, we are the generation that would rather drown these types of conversations in Drake or J. Cole Mm. or tell a million strangers about our feelings on Instagram stories, but never ever make the effort of reaching out to the people who really, really and truly matter. Mm. Yeah. Mm. (sighs) I mean, all the time I'm using to breathe is telling me that I was just spitting. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this, this is an emotional episode for me because it, it's so real. Like every other episode. I'm down for five more 
Well, we cannot talk about friendship dynamics without acknowledging the new normal. Almighty coronavirus. Corona. You people in Ghana, wear your mask. Yo. Yes. Okay, let's talk about that in the... When we are was the only tro- one in the church wearing a mask. Ha. Let's talk about that after the episode. Hmm. Me too. Hmm. That's thing. Okay, so because of corona, we cannot meet up as we used to and so on. Most of, in fact, all of our interactions for those of us who want to stay safe have been restricted either social media or phone calls. Aside this, some of us have lost some friends. I do not believe a solid friendship would easily break up because of distance. Mm, yes, it's a second new form, but it shouldn't lose its effect. It shouldn't lose its meaning if it's built well from the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, friendship is like a building. How strong it stands depends on the foundation how long it lasts depends on the quality of material and quality of labor invested into it you literally reap what you sow with all the solid quality friendships i have we have had to put in efforts and resources to have what we have now it was really important to know the vital areas to channel our energy in then the other qualities fell into place and i listened to a ted by shasta nelson and it helped me pinpoint the areas we have been putting in the work to build friendships to build a friendship we we have had to put in the work to make it work Mm, it takes mm, it takes positivity consistency and vulnerability an ideal friendship for me is one that is satisfying one where i feel safe and one where i am seen and i'm going to explain friendship is a bond and not a one-day show with the intention of being friends we create opportunities to know each other there's repeated time with each other the consistency in a relationship shows a sense of commitment to the process behaviorally consistency can be regular check-ins could be a text a phone call or a physical meetup and it could be every day or not depends on what works you you actually stick to a plan and it's also being there when you are needed. Consistency creates a sense of dependability and predictability. You know, as you keep meeting okay. all the time, I'm not like surprised by certain things. Because you feel like you know the person. Yes. Yeah. And that makes me feel safe. Okay. And when I feel safe with you, then I want to be vulnerable with you. Yeah. I want to sort of share myself with you. For the longest time, vulnerability made me cringe. Because I saw it as being weak and letting your guard down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was a sucker person. I haven't let it go entirely. I saw it that vulnerability came in a package of those things crying and, and and hugging and holding hands and come to think of it that that's why i don't even like hugs anyways all my preconceived wishy-washy notions are wrong vulnerability is an uncertain risk-taking emotional exposure okay it's an uncertain risk, risk-taking emotional what exposure. It takes bravery to be vulnerable, to be able to leave ourselves open to each other, to freely show our imperfections, the nastiness, the rough edges, to freely show what's inside and not be judged is a great level it takes a great level of trust because it's not easy it isn't and emery it's not so you you show up and you are seen we see ourselves and that creates a deeper truer and a real connection and for a connection you are i am voluntarily making with someone 
positivity has to be like top 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 two and not number two exactly as individuals you know we face so many ugly sides of life even we sabotage ourselves at points in time and having that ray of positivity in my corner is a great life booster you know you you really don't have to do it on your own you know the way they encourage you you know those things to be able to let loose have a good laugh have have a good time it gives it a a great balance you know i go to it my friends go to it and it's really a blessing to have each other in our corner and see ourselves and know that the negativities of life is like the last thing you need i don't know by me i need positive energy around me most times because like i easily get um what's it called overwhelmed and distracted Okay. Yeah. So it really feels great to see the positive energy through their mannerisms, the way they they support you, and that is is very satisfying to have a bright corner. Like positivity is infectious. Ehina. And all these these things I've talked about makes a great foundation to go through life with someone you can enjoy positivity, someone you can talk to vulnerability and someone you can depend on and consistency Mm -hmm. that is healthy i feel a relationship where one one of the three is missing is not it's not it like positivity vulnerability yeah like if one is missing i read an article i'll I'll summarize it okay so let's have three scenarios where one is lacking so imagine an instance where so this is a first scenario where there's just consistency and vulnerability with no positivity so let's say deep sharing all the time that's just draining and it leaves you worry like if you're having conversations that are always like so every emotional time you meet and so significant so and deep like so yeah deep. I feel I don't know, you. it's draining yeah or a second a second scenario or a relationship where it's just positivity and consistency so fun times that are re- repeated often but then they, it lacks vulnerability so when do you get to like check in on a deeper level it's just like a social group which leaves you unknown and not supported mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you're always having fun like always talking about yes, random it's just light surface stuff. things they don't know you who knows you yeah you know so you don't really know each other or lastly just having positivity and vulnerability imagine a meaningful time where you felt seen and it's not repeated that's not friendship it's it's, it's like you just it's just a, a one-off moment a special a fla- moment a flash in the pan a special moment for yeah. someone like it's n- it's never complete without one of the three okay to, to have someone to talk to to enjoy and depend on for me nothing beats that there's trust there's good there's support there's understanding there's what there's enjoyment there's victory <laughs> someone <laughs> shout hallelujah <laughs> with all these things said I feel we tend to use friend loosely mm, yes and so we end up getting disappointed and hit and taken for granted you know we keep expecting people who aren't our friends to do things a friend would do mm-hmm. we and i feel we honestly need to like differentiate friendly acquaintances from friends that way we know what to expect what, what do you think I mean, first of all, you are on fire today. <laughs> I mean, the part about, you know, I feel like you've told me about this before, but I feel like today it's really like taking on a whole new meaning. I don't know if it's because of everything I've gone through in the past couple of weeks. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to talk about that later. Right, but yeah, when you ask me what do I think, I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's true. Normalized. Everybody's a friend. You with somebody, one, two, two, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's true. And with this pandemic, it feels like 
all my friendships have been reduced to storytelling. You know, we are just keeping each other updated on all the things that are going on in our lives and our separate lives instead of living out those moments together. Mm. You know, so it's not just the same as much as I would wish it to be the same, but Corona. Mm. Mm. I don't remember. <laughs> that rhymes, Corona and Daruma. But, 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 but I think that it is at this point that the fundamentals of friendship come into the scene. What guides the friendship? What drives the friendship? What is the dynamic of the friendship? Personally, I have conventional and very flexible opinions on friendships. I mean, since it is the only relationship where I get to choose whether or not I want to be in it, then I must well I might well ensure that I go all the way in ensuring that it's beneficial to me. Mm. And also because my anxiety would not allow me to rest until I have asked and answered every question in my mind. And that is a lot of questions, honestly. So I also do think that the dynamics of friendships are constantly evolving. Mm. And it is unfair to demand the same things in the same way you wanted them last year or six months ago or, or I mean a year ago from a friend. I am more of a meet me halfway kind of guy. I am all about healthy compromise because sometimes when I'm going through a lot of things and the people around me believe and understand and give me as much time and space as I need to figure things out, I really, really cherish it. Mm. I really do. Mm. You know, there are some stages in life where you need help from people. And sometimes there's nothing you can do except ask for help. And you better keep the same energy when people are in need of your help. Mm, There's nothing wrong with with being generous. That's a good quality. (laughs) But there are some friends who show behaviors of vulnerability, but it's actually not vulnerability. Instead, they are manipulative or needy. Let me give like some examples. They are annoyingly clingy. Like they don't take hints. They have a low tolerance for being alone. And what cuts me is they never take responsibility and never seem to be in control of their lives because after all, they have supportive and perpetually present friends like me. Miss me with that, please. It is really frustrating. The way they always find a way to blow things out of proportion. They make their problems your responsibility. Oh, like users. Yeah. I'm not trying to offend. I'm just pointing out that it's it's really draining. Mm -hmm. Another behavior is when they keep questioning the level of commitment. They, They keep snooping around. Basically, they're asking, am I so worthy? Like, is this thing... Is this... Do you still want me around? Oh, they ask yeah, like, their friends whether they want them, the askers, around. Yeah. Okay. And so they do it indirectly. Okay. They're always asking, asking, and it's, it's just their insecurity jumping out of the bag. I'm saying this because I was once like this. Indirectly, I kept saying, I don't feel worthy, and you have to make me feel good about my world. Goodbye. There's nothing wrong with being in need and asking for help. But if you never ask yourself what you can do about it first and quickly run to friends and dump it on them on the regular. Please, my dear, madam, sister, you are a problem. Oh, I get what you mean. So like friends who go like my problem should be everyone's problem. Yeah. Help me. Because I am, I, I can't do this on my own. As a friend, you must be supportive. Whether oh, I can do it or not, it's not so part like of. It's not my business. My God, it's like school is filled with so many people like that. Mm. Yeah, mm. I feel you. You know, we all have needs. We must, uh, and we must understand that not all of our friends might be able to meet our needs. Actually, for a vol- for for a voluntary bond like friendship. <laughs> It's not a first responsibility to meet all of your needs. It, it, it comes with a sense of entitlement. And it's not it. At all. At all. Me, For me, I become scarcely available to such people. But I'm there when it's important. Some people, like, catch the whole vibe. 
and you know that they they get that oh maybe I'm doing something wrong, but some people you know they you know, they are so into their neediness and. Then you have to go have the talk and you know having the, the talk, talk, like you have to tell them that what you are doing, like what shall I solo do? Like me, bremen, oh yeah, dreaming me exactly. Yeah, <sighs> I'm even sweating. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I I really feel you on that last point. And, you know, I'm thankful for friends or my friends who, you know, those friends who really see us, you know, like they know and believe in you so much that they allow you to go through whatever you need to go through in your own time and at your own pace without necessarily laying down any expectations of you and then holding it against you when you do not meet them. Mm -hmm. And friends who do not also dump their issues on you and expect you to show that it's for them because that's what friends do for each other. You know, these friends, the friends that, you know, give you the space to go through stuff without any expectations, they're always there, you know, on the periphery. You know, you know they're around, but they're not too close. And they're not judging you. They're not whining. They're not reassuring. They're not, like... They are not pushing you. All they are doing is just reassuring you of their presence and their support. And I think that too many times we are too, too quick to assume the worst of people when we could simply just ask them. Mm. I mean, just ask. Because why would you risk months and years of good and mutually beneficial friendship for one incident of wrongdoing? You know, especially if this is an incident and not a pattern. So if you are listening to this and you have the pattern of this kind of behavior, we are not speaking to you. You are a problem. Actually, yeah. And it needs to be fixed. So why won't you just have the conversation? Guys, because we are really losing good people in our lives because we refuse to see ourselves. We used to see beyond ourselves, I mean, and focus on the bigger picture. And in the name of oftentimes, you know, a twisted sense of self-worth and really not self-preservation because you know your value and you don't want to settle for trash or anything that's beneath you and so you know you are cutting off bad energy bad energy far away yes that is i think that is how it's you know often described you know but let me tell you this this story so I had a friend, another childhood friend, and this is not a pattern, y'all, by the way. Let me just sound like this is not a pattern. But although our relationship was initially quite rocky, it's bloomed into something really, really good. It was light, it was fun, it was buoyant, you know, sunshine and rainbows and all those adjectives that are used to describe fun and like relaxation and enjoyment and peace and all of that. Right. And we happen to be in the same university too. And among my friends, the thing is, among my friends, I am typically the funny guy, you know, the unifier of sorts, like the one who plus Yes, I am funny. The one who plans the good stuff for everyone to have a great time, you know, that kind of person. And even outside my circle of friends, that is how I mostly relate with people. You know, I try to build happiness and joy in people so that I can just get the whole team, you know, floating on a cloud and we are all winning and we are all eating and just enjoying life, you know, because... We need to. We got to, you know. <laughs> so sometimes, the thing is, sometimes that can get very exhausting, especially as people who are still coming to terms with who we are and what we want to be. And then there was a time when I just hit the lowest low I had ever hit since senior high. I was flunking in school. I was confused about almost everything, even my faith, which prior to that time, let me tell you, had always been unshakable. I, I developed body dysmorphia, you know, that thing where we talked about it on our previous episode where mm-hmm. you feel disconnected or disgusted by your physical body. I wasn't eating or sleeping well. I felt so pressured from all angles to get things right. My lecturers, my family, my friends, I was constantly broke. I was <laughs> stuck in an awkward roommate situation. Look, basically, I felt like my whole <laughs> life was unraveling really, really quickly and I could do nothing but helplessly watch. And so the same guy who had been a support system to many people for almost all of his life, was now fighting to see a glimmer of hope. And so I cocooned myself. I showed up to classes without I could, you know, the way I didn't pay as much attention anyway, but I wore a smiley face. I spent my evenings taking long walks or just lying in bed staring at the walls. I left so many people on read. And at some point, I closed my Instagram. I, I was practically lost to myself at that point. But in the depths of that loss, 
I kind of found myself again, which sounds like a cliche, but it's actually not. And let me tell you why or how. So I realized it was absolutely necessary for me to be at that point, that low point, because I needed to reevaluate my life and every single thing I believed in. And in this process, I realized that there was so, so much of my life and my lived experience that I has I had subconsciously walled off and I hadn't processed fully. And so I I hadn't understood it and I hadn't appreciated it. And all of that had built into the toxin that was choking me then. And it was long and it was hard, really hard and intense. But I made it out. I made it out blooming and glowing and reaching for the sun and all that jazz you see in commercials. I think washing powder commercials. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, here's where my friend comes in. So she sent me a text after about a week or two of no communication between us. And I am finally ready to talk about everything I was going through. You know, I had finally reached the acme of my existence, right? And in the text, she accused me of dogging. You know, we used to have a running joke between us about who went MIA on each other the most. And in my response, I said it was because I was discovering my identity. And that appended everything. Guys, she went... She didn't go off. She went off. You know? She went off on me with a passion. Talking about how I wasn't manning up like I was I was supposed to and just apologizing for ghosting her. Manning. Talking about how I felt every new age thing I saw in books was applicable in real life. How she wasn't the only one who felt this way. And look, that's not even the worst part. How she was also going on a mission to discover herself. And she said this in a spiteful and sarcastic way, just by the way. Hmm. And I'm not saying some pretty mean things. Yeah. You know, so I felt I was... A number of things. I was stupefied, I was shocked, and I was really, really hurt. And for a brief, scary moment, I felt all the progress I had made crumble to dust. But thankfully, it didn't. You know, and that's a good thing about really taking time off to really reflect on who you are. Because you build this resilience that takes a lot to break. So, I mean, going back to the story. So, I went back to see her to talk things through, but that didn't yield much, honestly. She was dead set on expecting an apology. And I was not, I was really not going to be the person who was going to apologize for being in the state I had been. Though, I was sorry for how she and the other people she spoke of might have felt in that period. You know, we still text now, but quite, it's quite rare. And when we do, it's inconsistent. And frankly, it's fake, which is something I keep on berating myself for because I usually get really get go hard on people about how fake relationships are bad for them. But, you know, it's something we all struggle with. So I think I need to be honest about my own experience right now. So, I mean, we we there, there are so many milestones that we have missed in each other's lives and so much has, has changed since then. And there is no clear way, at least not in this moment, that we can be something quite like we were before. And that is okay. It is okay. I have made my peace with that. You know, I won't lie. There were times when I typed out an apology and was inches away from hitting send. There were times when I picked up the phone and dialed her number, but I stopped short because... I felt, you know, I felt this overpowering voice in my head, you know, t sort of questioning the decision I was making. There were times when I felt like I had broken something that I needed to repair for the sake of peace, for the sake of normalcy. And here normalcy means going back to the way things were before, not a new normal. And... Were things, I mean, the question was, were things really going to be normal in the truest sense of the word? Because I had changed so much, and not just physically, but in every imaginable way. I had, I had a reinforced belief in myself and in my path and in my vision. And I was confident in, of, and by myself. In my journey, I have come to believe in the wisdom that everyone faces through life differently and in their own time. And it's not our responsibility to expect others to be at the same place where we are in our lives. And it certainly isn't our duty to teach them what we feel they should know because we know those things when they are the ones who aren't open to learning those things. When the time is right, they will learn those things. And that is okay. Sometimes I wonder what could have been if I had just gone along with what was expected of me, but I knew in my guts that it would have been dishonest. It, would have, it wouldn't have been right. It wouldn't have been an honest apology. And it would have invalidated my entire process and brought me back to 
where I was and all brought me back to everything before I had worked through, you know, everything that was that came my way, basically. You know, I mean, I really still care about it. I really do love her, actually. And she's always going to mean something significant to me, even if we are enjoying at the hip. And I understand how she must have felt, honestly. Maybe before then, I had the pattern of ghosting my friends. Maybe the period of no communication between us was too long that I created so many doubts in her mind about her, about our friendship. And that's okay. Sometimes I am angry too. Sometimes I... I, I asked myself, why didn't she see these things from my point of view? Why was she so willing after everything we had been through, after all those years, to believe the worst that I had intentionally done what I did? Does that mean that she never really had faith in the friendship? And then sometimes I am sad. I'm sad because I, I feel like I felt that she could have sensed that something was wrong and she could have reached out, that she could have talked well, we could we could have talked about this, you know, together. And she didn't have to talk to other people, you know, our other friends or the friends in our circle about this thing without my knowledge. And they couldn't have co collectively decided that they were fed up and then still said nothing to me. You know, it kind of feels like they were waiting for the day for that I'll reach out to them and finally, like, you know, yeah. rub it in my face and just dump it all on me, right? Mm -hmm. But I still have many great friends be from before and like after then, even right now, that I still really adore as much as they do me. You know, I have a great family. I have some good teachers. I have had some unforgettable experiences since then and some major, major milestones I have choked. I am not exactly where I want to be now, but I know I am pretty damn close and I'm on track. I am strong in my vulnerability. I am consistently working at being consistent and I am in all of my blessed self. <laughs> yes, give it to me. Because, <laughs> you know, there's so many things I would wish for right now, but for each of those things, there are amazing things that I have and that I am enjoying and it feels really, really good. Really good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> With all what you said. So do you, do you think it's... it's it's necessary mm -hmm. to like give your friends a heads up when you want to be by yourself like you want to figure out things on your own like you said you needed to like what evaluate mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. life if not for anything out of the respect you have for okay. the relationship for your friend something because as much as like you are investing in yourself you know they have and are uh, investing into the friendship you know yeah. their time their energy yeah. do you think it's fair to like just get up and vanish I mean, I think it's it will depend on a number of things, right? I think the most important thing is the level of your relationship with the person. If it's, you know, if it, you have history together, like serious, memorable history, mem memorable where, you know, for that's relative to both of you, I think it's, it's just good or safer to let them know. You don't necessarily have to go into details and explain everything you're going through if you're not ready. But I think it's just safer to just let them know that you are a bit off because you're dealing with some stuff. But when you're ready to talk about it, you would come clean. And if they are really good friends who are also mature, they should understand and give you the space you need to go through whatever you're going through. I mean, but this is not like a cut and dried method for every type of friendship. Of course, there are other dynamics in the friendship that will come into play. But I think this is generally a safe bit. But there are some people I will never tell. Yeah. Oh, oh because, of course. Because, you know, after I come back, they'll be like, so how are you feeling? Do you yeah. feel like a new woman? You know, and, and they would want for you to really go into detail about everything Sometimes you went through. It sounds like they are mocking. Yeah. Yeah, it can. Like, it's not, like, serious, B. It can. And it's worse if it's unintentional. Yeah. Because it's, like, they don't know what they are doing, but you also feel too, you know, like, you just don't want to try and explain to them how yeah. what they are doing is wrong. It's, like, it's mm. too much unnecessary work you have not, you have not mm. been paid for. <laughs> back to those friends, not back, now to those friends who think nothing and everything is about them and everyone else except you like as in you the friend 
taking your story for instance you know you go having a conversation about yourself how you had to like retract and reform and then they make it about them did you think of me do you did you talk to me about it you you think you are the only one going through it you know that statement you think you are the only one going through it like it should be like it's a very depressing moment yeah. Uh, statement. I feel it should be like erased from the list of encouraging things to say because it's definitely not encouraging. It's not. Like, <laughs> what's well, supposed to make me feel like what I'm experiencing is is nothing serious. Like, yeah, I don't know what I do not know. What I know is in that given space, I am, I am the one going through it. I am the one feeling it how I am feeling. It is affecting me the way it is because. This is my life, and it's not the life of someone else. Exactly, it's like it's not a struggle Olympics. Exactly, yeah. Don't compare your struggle to mine. People go to things differently, the same things, but you know the experiences are unique. Mm-hmm. So you, my friend, you should listen and respond according to what I am telling you, and not bring other people into this. I do not come to gossip. Don't yeah. just dismiss my struggles and experience it's like a toxic vibe toxic friendships make you feel stagnant it's it's sort of chokes you and it can kill i'm not joking sometimes it really isn't our fault to end up with toxic friends while some can be spotted like from the onset some aren't like some people develop their toxicity over time yeah I mean, like, if you meet someone, oh, hey, I'm toxic, and you be dealing with me sometimes. Obviously not. It's really not our fault, but toxicity is a no-no. And something must be done about it before it does something to us. Before anything, you know, we are built different. Say what is toxic to you. You, like you, Papa, may not necessarily be toxic to me. Mm-hmm. I may just find it unpleasant. That's me. Yeah. That's why I feel there's a need to look into my relationship and know what works for us. Grace, you can pick up great tips from outsiders, but sometimes they are not always meant to work for your relationship. That aside, there are some things that are all round toxic. Yeah, like no two ways. Those self-absorbed friends we spoke of early on, those friends who are unpredictable, it's like walking on eggshells around them. They can like explode at any time. You have to be very careful with what you say. And that is stressful. You have to think about every statement. Think about every facial expression. Everything. Because they may interpret it wrongly. And that's not nice. You can't even be yourself around them. So when do you get to share yourselves? Mm-hmm. What's the use of the friendship? Like too much energy channeled towards them. There's no room to breathe and a whole lot of other, other things. things. As I said, some of these behaviors may have developed later on in the friendship. It's so easy to notice, notice some toxic behaviors of friends, okay? But then what about us? Do we ever... Yeah point out our toxic behaviors do we even take the time to check ourselves and even admit to our toxic traits mm. so one time i had this i i fell into this situation with a friend it's not that we aren't friends anymore the thing okay. is <laughs> it got to a point where i was constantly confronting her about things mm-hmm. i was getting jealous Ahem, no i was jealous like i wanted to hurt somebody <laughs> why we were close at least that's what i thought i had a feeling sidelined Oh. I felt like she was getting closer to other people. And at any moment, like, she she won't find a need to have me in her corner. Okay. <laughs> I was so depressed. I was sick. Like, like I was sick. I felt sick. My grades dropped. I was absent-minded. I wasn't thinking straight. I spent most nights thinking and not thinking. It was very messy. I had to... Stop seeing her and talking to her and all that. In fact, I blocked everyone out because I thought I was going to die. Yeah. 
funny, it was just so that time I was just thinking about me, me, me. But then after we completed like high school, after the friendship had sort of died out, I realized something. Everything escalated from uh, or was rooted in my paranoia. The truth of the matter was I wasn't angry or I was just scared I would be disposed of as if I was worth not I wasn't worth anything. Instead of and instead of addressing and communicating properly, I was doing everything. Like and everything and nothing? Yes. One thing I didn't take into consideration was friendship, unlike family relations, is voluntary. No one is entitled to anyone. As much as we are in this together, we each have our lives to live. I was insecure and that made me toxic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I could go a day without talking and I would talk the whole day. And when she asked me why, I would blame her for it. Like I was blackmailing her emotionally yeah. and I was being needy indirectly. If I was indirectly, I was saying, if we didn't get back together, if we didn't get how we were, I wasn't going to be happy. Oh, oh yeah. I see. Whenever I'm in a group, I'll be awkwardly quiet and not participate because I wanted attention. Like, <laughs> that was very dramatic and uncalled for. With time, she became, I realized she became very quiet when I was around. And I really believe she didn't want to do something I'd misinterpret, which will lead to another thing. Yeah, like so she, she was being careful around me. It was it was hard to be around me. There was this negative energy surrounding me. Anytime we'd have a conversation, I end up blaming her for whatever it is. Like I had to blame someone. And can you imagine how draining it was mm-hmm. for her? For her. At a point, I felt she even wanted to end, end the friendship. Yeah. And that made me more angry. But why would she want to end the, the, the friendship? Who would want to be around such negativities? So while I was pointing my finger at her, the rest of my fingers were pointing back at me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always assuming the worst, and before I realized, I had lost a potential lifetime friendship. So I was being very toxic, I wasn't fair to her, I wasn't fair to those around us, and I wasn't fair to myself. And I, up to now, I still live with the regrets, and on, like... A higher side I have it like as a mental note to be checking myself on the regular so that like I don't destroy another yeah. friendship with you, you yeah, know like that kind of obsession bordering on jealousy yeah yeah and that's true and you know I realize that like I'm more of like I constantly like need reassurance okay so I've noticed that for some people that's not really a problem like you reassuring your friend like most of the time mm-hmm. but some people it comes off like you keep questioning their level of commitment it's, it comes off like you don't trust me like why yeah. do you have to keep asking me yeah. those questions yeah right? you feel like that's how you are the way I like the way I I, I feel I constantly need to be reassured of something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to somebody it's maybe like like I don't yeah. trust you it's, it's, it's actually like it's like I don't trust you babe. yeah I think it's very subjective yeah so right now, so, so right now if someone like says something like very positive you know like reassures me like I sort of like keep everything in my head. Okay. So like when someone is not saying it to me, it feels like, weird. Like I sort of no, not really. Now I, I know it's like I replay it in my head, and like I say it to myself. Oh, oh, okay. So if somebody was able to say it to me and I like I feel good, like I just keep it in my head and say it to myself, so that I don't go around like sort of bothering people. Yeah. Okay. 
All I'm saying is, as much as we are checking our friends, we should also check ourselves. Self-awareness. I mean, self-awareness is it. Because we are also our own potential toxins. Exactly. I saw this tweet, which I felt was worth sharing. So him, just remember we are all toxic. Every human being is capable of being toxic, has been, is currently, etc. But some people have the desire to be educated on it and do better, while others ignore any accountability and continue to act the same way. Pay attention. So that's the that was the tweet. That's that on that. Yeah. However, not all toxic friendships are terminal. Like not every, not every f- f- toxic friendship must end. No, no. Let me explain. It sometimes depends on communication, which is mostly dreaded because the outcome is uncertain. Often, when we have a toxic friendship we turn our back on it and in so doing we do a disservice to ourselves and the other person we do not fully like we do not allow ourselves to ameliorate what is going on and we do not give the other person the insight and the invitation to understand how their behaviors affect us like you just just let it go i've been there i've done it so talk about it Shonda Rhimes in her book said, because no matter how hard a conversation is, I know that on the other side of a difficult conversation lies peace, knowledge, character is revealed, truces are formed, misunderstandings are resolved, freedom lies across the field of a difficult conversation. Which book is that? Which book is that? A year of Yes. Oh, okay. Them. So conversation is key. With the uncertainties it comes with, something is surely resolved or revealed. But then again, you are not obliged to stay if things go left. The voluntary nature of friendship makes it subject to the homes of life. Having to end such friendships can be very hard, especially if it was a long one and had not always been toxic i mean you have invested your time your emotions and then now you have to end it but then you have to end it because if you don't end it it's going to end you exactly and we need to talk i mean we we just need to talk and this isn't some complicated scientific theory. This is just a conversation. Stop posting cryptic messages on your stories or drowning yourself in Billie Eilish and Sam Smith and have the damn conversation. Oh, sorry for swearing for those of you who might be uncomfortable. But you get what I mean. Have the conversation. Talk. Because no one has this friendship thing figured out completely. Trust me, we are all learning as we go. We are leaning in. And when we need to, getting the hell out when things turn ugly. Because I think that because of this, we are also desperate to hold on to whatever Jay Shetty says about life and living it with our friends. Because I won't lie, there are so many inspirational messages out there that have proven invaluable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's true. Jay Shetty says all the right things. I, I, I kid you not. The guy is like a repository of sage advice. Mm-hmm. God lays it clear and bare in the Bible. Kate Winslet, I mean, for, for those of you who believe in the Bible, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio make all other friendships seem like a waste of time mm-hmm. and energy, actually. What difference? Yeah, you, you need to research on their friendship. It's amazing. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. But one thing that I have learned and I am still learning to do is to discern and apply. To understand where I am in life, that's my life, what I want and how I can realistically get in that situation and then to know which advice or which path or or which course of action to take. Googling friendship advice and instantly believing everything you read hook, line and sinker and, you know, it will just sink you to a place way, way deeper than the Mariana Trench. Oh, and by the geography reference, for those of you who don't know, the Mariana Trench is the deepest part of the ocean. So, just no, the deepest known part of the ocean. just had to Yeah, I had to throw in that. I had to throw that in there. Right? So it's, yeah, it will really just sink you. The, the thing is, it's really your core. Do you want a friendship because of how it feels or how it looks? 
for me, I know I want to be safe, I want to be seen, and I want to be satisfied. Because healthy friendship is very crucial for my survival. Very. So I'm thorough in choosing who is in my corner. What about you? What about you? What about you? <laughs> so, okay, guys, this is a wrap on this week's episode. We are so, so grateful that you listened to us. We hope you've been inspired. You have gained some clarity. Just know that, like, with every episode and like all the time we are right there with you we see you and we believe in you you have got this on lock mm-hmm. right but until before you go do you have anything else to share with our listeners before we talk about why you should wear masks on the streets this of matter Accra? so as much as we are having candid conversations about our struggles we are also aware we do not always have the right people or the necessary resources yeah yeah that's true to like improve on our mental health and there's there's nothing wrong with going out of your circle or even seeking professional help what matters is we are intentional with ourselves and then we want to get better so yeah we would include some share links. some resources yeah man links to resources in the show notes that mm. you can all check out you just need to scroll down and check it out and just you know explore mm. because and we all are just figuring too. this life thing as we go along mm. honestly and mental health is mental wealth ugh that's why it's so bad but, but, but guys so, so, let's, break away, let's break away from the solemnity that of today's episode sense. I feel like today's episode is a bit very raw Right? I got really into my feelings. <laughs> but I mean, it's all good. We have to talk about our feelings. Now let's talk about masks. Guys. Ghana for. Wear your mask. I feel like at this point, I don't even know the advice to give. The president just on Saturday spoke about how we are seeing a rise in the number of cases. See, just because someone close to you, like you've, you've not, someone close to you has not like been infected with the virus yeah. like because you're not seeing it it doesn't mean it's not happening don't it's like some of you just want to happen so that you know I that mean, yes there's corona people you know, are sometimes, dying sometimes I ask do people is it that some people want to get corona you know to, just to, to know feel, that you know, uh, the yes. breathlessness the fever or like feel all the symptoms and go, oh, so this me, is what I feel feels like, like those people who are sent, should just excursion take them to see I mean maybe they see but like look just wear your mask wait can you imagine a woman told my brother that oh yeah we are not going that you must know hey now if you are even wearing the mask you are being attacked please don't give in to the the pressure please you wear your mask look let, let me tell you so um at my job, I'm not liberty to give you all the details, but we've we've visited a number of COVID centers in the past couple of weeks. And believe you me, aside two district hospitals, I won't mention their names, every other district hospital's isolation center, for those that have, are full to capacity with either suspected cases or confirmed cases of COVID. Numbers are like rising by the second, right? At my workplace, we are now, we are restructuring our workflow to ensure that, you know, we reduce the risk of transmission among employees. It's it's a big deal. Hey, wear a mask. Dying, you know. wear, your mask. wear your mask. Countries and, are going and, into lockdown. And Countries wash, are already wash your in lockdown. And use sunset. You know what's If painful? you're in your church, don't use your body to tire me too much. Ah. People, look, if you're not wearing a mask, I mean, why are you wear your mask? Washing, washing your hands then? Or using a sanitizer? <laughs> because a mask you are not wearing, then using a sanitizer? Mm-hmm. Guys, we, you see, we've digressed, but this is a really important issue. We need to stay safe because if at the end of the day you are, you know, spreading COVID and you are going to give the family member of somebody who is going through a tough time COVID, you know, and if their family member is their support system and they lose that family member to COVID, imagine what this does for their mental health. Right. So you see, all our lives are interconnected. And so it's our responsibility, not the government's responsibility. And the way they are quick to blame the government. Just stick to COVID protocols. Take care of yourself. Right. Take care of yourselves. It's really important. Ah, All right. All right. All right.
right, so guys, again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, remember to follow us on Instagram at UnguidedPod. The link is in the show notes. All resources are in the show notes. And just, you know, let us know your thoughts on the episode. You know, you can DM us. You can send us an email. We are definitely going to listen to it. We are open to feedback and we use that to improve the next episodes we have for you. So until next week, and this time we promise that we would come again next week. Uh, it is bye for now. <laughs> I just waited to oh say God. it. It's bye for now. Yes, but I mean, I'll say something as corny and as overused as that. What is it? What? It's bye for now. For now. <laughs> see y'all later. See everyone. See you guys later. It's bye for <laughs> now. Stop. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs>